A special thank you to my husband today. Welcome back to Finding Joy in the Journey. It was kind of rainy today, so my husband didn't have to work. So we're working on some other things. And he had actually been, this was his idea, to do this episode called Joy in Witnessing. So I just, I pray it blesses you, helps you, maybe you learned something and if anything, we're just sharing our experiences about witnessing and what a joy it has been. Join us. Hey, honey, let's go fishing. Okay. Uh, better bring the right kind of bait. Well, what kind of bait do we need? In your case, bring your <laughs> smile and your laugh and the twinkle in your eye and the Holy Ghost uh, that you carry with you. Oh, okay. So what kind of fish are we fishing for anyway? The lost kind. The lost kind? The lost kind of fish. As in fishers of men kind of fishing? Uh, that's us. I'm talking <laughs> about them being the lost kind of fish. I know, I mean the men, the men, the men. We're fishing for men. And women. Oh, good job, good job, yes. Fishing, let's go fishing. You can... Okay, I'll go. Oh, wait, Hello, sorry. everyone. Yes. This is uh, Nevin Shepard. I and am the... Hannah. And Hannah. I am the husband of Hannah. She asked me to go first <laughs> this time. And we are going to be talking about joy in witnessing. Yes. In uh, Hannah and I's... Uh, journeys as an evangelistic couple and lay ministry and just all the many hats that we have won are worn we have always endeavored to win people to the lord or, or win them to uh what we believe and uh, uh we have had and it's it's been uh, my wife just seems to have brought this naturally to the table but i've had to learn it uh, joy in witnessing uh, I'm not a uh, I'm not a natural at making things fun socially, but my wife is, and uh, you know I, I one of the key aspects, key things about witnessing. There's several things. Is one you need to. Uh, it's easy to say this, but you, there needs to be confidence. There needs to be purpose in what you're doing. Um, and there needs it needs to be fun because if you're having fun, then the person you're talking to will probably enjoy the experience as well. Uh, one of the things that uh, thank you, Shepard. She's pushing the microphone up in front of my mouth. You know, I was like, here you go. <laughs> uh, uh, is that um, situational awareness is always important, and I'm not talking about the. Be aware of dangers, but be aware of, of opportunities and be aware of hurting people. Um, if you look around, sometimes you will pick up on when people are just hurting. We were evangelizing. We were traveling in 2016, and we were somewhere in North Texas. And they took us out to eat, and we were, we were there for a weekend. So we had, I believe, uh, three services. We had, uh, I think, a... Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, if I remember correctly. We had a good time while we were there, but they took us out to eat, and I believe it was a Mexican restaurant. Uh, it was either that or it was one of those um, small home-cooked restaurants 
that I think that was a, it was a home cooked restaurant. And uh, while we were at the table, I got to noticing this older couple sitting at the table. And I just, this is what I sensed. You know, I, I'm, I'm human. I sensed this. I, I believe it was in my flesh. It was just observation. But I, I sensed that they were, they were hurting. Um, I sensed that the man, they were both older, but the man was, was, he was healthy, but his wife was not. And I sensed that she was, she was going through end of life type things. There was just something about it, just like it just all leapt off the page of that table to me. And I could sense all of these things. And it just began to, something began to stir inside of me. And I, I, I looked at them as like, these folks need somebody to throw them a line. So I got up from the table. I said, I, I looked at the, the preacher and said, excuse me, I, I've got to do this. I've got, you know, he didn't even know what I was talking about. I was like, I just left him in the lurch without any explanation. And I walked over to their table. I introduced myself. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't pushy or overbearing, but, you know, I just... And I didn't tell them what I have observed or seen or anything of that nature. I just, uh, I, I try not to, to, to just push myself on people. But I, was, I, I invited them to our services. And, you know, there's probably more that, that could have been done and, and things of that nature. But that was all that I felt at that time was just to reach out to them and let them know, hey, in some way, I see you're hurting and I see the need and, and I'm not... I'm not trying to force this on y'all, but I want y'all to know you're welcome to come and be with us. And uh, whenever we, we, me and the pastor and them that we went outside and, and he asked me what I did and I told him, he said, well, I, I, I could have done that. You know, we can, and the truth there is that we can all, if we're paying attention, we can see hurting people that have a need. And, and, and the joy in this is, 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 is what happened next. The man and his wife walked outside. They didn't say anything, but the man looked at us and he looked at me and he met my eyes and he waved in passing just as an acknowledgement of, of, to me, it seemed to say, you saw that we were hurting and you reached out to us in the best way you could. And I appreciate it. And there was, there was joy in that, in, in being aware of what's going on around you, sensing some, that something, somebody is hurting and, and throwing them a lifeline. And, and, and it does require a certain discernment, a certain sensitivity, and a certain courage. It takes guts to walk up to people that are hurting because we risk a lot when we do that. We risk uh, sounding silly or foolish or, um, or, or being socially awkward. Egg on but, face. Egg on face. But think about in comparison when we stand before God in judgment, how embarrassed will we be? before him that we did not reach out to somebody that God was saying, hey, you need to reach this person. And when we, when we find that courage, we become aware. There's a lot of, of it, it, can, it can make you call, it, can, it can bring a, a joy knowing that you did your part in somebody's life. <laughs> well, I was just going to add to that, that we didn't get to see the full picture with that. And sometimes we, you don't know who else is talking to that person. We were not, um, that was not our area, our city. And I've heard it said like this, and I loved it, that when you're in a town that's not your hometown or you're not always there to, you know, to follow up on that person or, you know, those kinds of things, 
you just contribute to someone else's line. Like you're, you're feed, you're giving more bait and trying to pull in that line. You're helping them land the fish. Yes, exactly. And um, so there, there may be circumstances in your life that, uh, or people that you have reached that you won't see the whole story, and that's okay. The point is, is to be sensitive day in and day out. The Bible says, be instant in season and out of season. So just to be aware every day. Who can I reach today? Whether just showing kindness, uh, witnessing them, uh, witnessing to them in scripture, you know, those kinds of things. Um, hey, baby, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not really sure that I'm familiar with. Uh, oh, wait, with, we're going to do this? Let's, let's do this first. Oh, okay. Okay, let's do <laughs> okay. okay. Um, when you do one, then I'll do one. That way it doesn't sound like one monologue <laughs> from me. Okay, okay. Yes, this is supposed to be more of discussion anyway. So when I was still single back in the day, <laughs> back in the dinosaur ages, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, it actually has been a blink of eye. And thank you, honey, for this life that you've given me. It's I didn't get it to you. The Lord has had a lot to do with this. Yes, yes, he has. Don't credit me with something I didn't have nothing to do with. (laughs) Well, it it may have been the Lord, but it took you getting on my knees. Focus on witnessing. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, when I I was still single, I worked at a daycare in Sulphur. And I was, um, it was literally in the season that I was about to date Nevin and all this. And I say that for a reason, because I was hurting still I was there was a lot of loneliness and but God challenged me quit focusing on yourself and you're hurting and pour into others who are hurting so I began to I I remember one day on the way to work I was listening to a message by sister Nona Freeman and she was saying if you ask God every day as you're out and about Lord put somebody who is hungry in my path, he is going to answer you. You've just got to be aware. And so I started asking God that because I was hungry. I was hungry to see the lost saved. And I just, I wanted to pour into someone else. And when you do that, it gets your focus off of your own problems and realize there are people with a lot bigger problems than what you have. There's always... I remember a teacher saying one time, if you put your problems in a closet on a hanger and other people's on a hanger, you're always going to go back to your own because you realize, you know, I don't have it so bad after all. So with all that being said, I begin to pray this, God, lead me to the lost. Put somebody in my path today. And there was this lady, I'm not going to say her name. She was a young woman. Um, I had been, you know, nice to her. We had been... um, I had our paths kind of crossed here and there. And then one day it was like this, I don't know, this box open, this uh, can of worms open. There you go. She just started asking me questions. I remember we were, I kind of remember we were on the playground watching the kids and uh, she, she was just saying something that was going on in her life. And she just started asking me questions. Well, that turned into a full summer of every single day, uh, the kids would take a nap and 
I was an aide, so I would go in all the classes, make sure the teachers were okay, if they had to go to the bathroom, et cetera. And every single day for an hour, um, at least, sometimes it was more, God opened a, a window of time every day that I would give her Bible studies. And, and you know, we always think Bible studies have to be, I have my Strong's Concordance out, I have this out. I would go home and do that but not there on the job. She would, she would ask a question, and sometimes I would say, you know, let, let me do a little research on that, and I'm going to get back to you. But because I had been soaking it down in prayer already, it was like the Lord would just give me answers. And this one, I'll give this one example because it stuck out to me, and this is just how amazing God is. She was talking about... Um, we were talking about holiness, and no, I don't always focus on the outward man first, but I'm just telling you what she was asking me about. She she said, you know, I think it just matters on the inside, not not what you look like on the outside. God loves you. He accepts you, and she, she got up. To, she said, I need to go do something real quick, and as she left, I said, God, put, put in an analogy in my mind that she could understand and that she could grasp, I need you. You know, I needed wisdom in that moment. And immediately, uh, the Lord gave me something. I knew she, she and her fiance were looking for a house. And uh, so she comes back and I said, I wanna ask you something. She said, sure. I said, y'all are looking for a house, right? And she said, yeah. I said, if you pulled up to this house that was just falling apart and just really uh, not great looking and and that's that wasn't my point of not great looking but but just you know it just didn't sit well with you and like uh, I don't know about this I said would you right there on the spot could you say I'm gonna buy it or or would you even go in and she said no I wouldn't go in because basing off the outside and it was like a, a light went off in her head she's like wait but if God's working on me on the inside then he can change the outside and I said yes and just seeing that light bulb come off in her head or went off in her head it just inspired me so that whole summer you know, God was just really working on her, and I still talk to her sometimes. And she, I invited her to church. Sadly, she, um, she, she didn't take that full bait, and I tried not to get discouraged. But there was a joy in um, just sharing the word and pouring myself into her. And um, what else am I trying to say? <laughs> Again, I didn't see that full picture, but she cannot say that nobody told her anything. She cannot say that. And sometimes it is discouraging. You know, like I I feel like I just poured my blood, sweat, and tears in this person, and they just kind of walked away. Don't get discouraged. Keep going because eventually you're going to run into someone who is truly hungry and who truly wants to hear what you have to say. Uh, would you definitely say that that prayer, um, that continual relationship with God, if you're going to really do it properly and enjoy uh, witnessing, that prayer is the most integral part of what we do as far as like bringing fish in, finding fish, being brought to fish, all of those things? Definitely. And to me, if you're just out there 
witnessing without the prayer, um, it, not only you don't have the joy as much, but like in that moment, I was like, okay, God, I need a story and analogy. He, he helps you along the way. He brings scripture to your mind that you forget about or, you know, so definitely, definitely, definitely. Plus you need that anointing resting on you to break the yoke of bondage. One thing she said that we talked about earlier was she said, I just feel something so good around you. Like I always feel at peace and there's just a presence of God around you that I feel. And it wasn't because, I mean, it was the Lord, but had I not been in prayer, she may not have felt that. In 2016, uh, my wife and I went back on the evangelistic field. I say back, I went back on the evangelistic field. It was the first time she'd been on the evangelistic field. I, I had done it when I was single, which I don't necessarily recommend, but um, I, I had um, a lot of weaknesses and every preacher has strengths and weaknesses. Um, every, like every, 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 every person. And I'm talking about, you know, they talk about how that, that, you know, uh, you know, preaching is just a small part of what we do. And, and that's true, but somewhere in, in every minister, there's, there's things to work on and things to improve. And the Bible even says, whom the Lord loveth, he chastiseth. Um, and he, he deals with, he makes us stronger, and he teaches us things. And one of the things that, that I personally feel like, there's other people, everybody will have an opinion about the strengths and weaknesses of a preacher, but oftentimes we know better ourselves. Um, and one of the things that I needed to work upon was uh, witnessing, but also praying for people in the altar. And so I, I begin to pray and, and ask God certain things about uh, the altar call and praying for people and, and, and things of that nature. And what I found was, was that while ministering somehow, especially and I got praying about people that needed the Holy Ghost, is that somehow over and over again, and my wife can testify to this, uh, I wound up standing while preaching and ministering right in front of people. I'm not talking about on the front row. I'm like out in the congregation. Somehow I'd wind up right in front of people that needed the Holy Ghost while I was ministering. Uh, and, and I didn't do it on purpose. The Lord didn't put a bullseye on them. There was no light. There was no this person, but there was just somehow I just wound up standing in front of them. And whenever we pray and, and ask God, the Bible, I believe, even talks about uh, praying and asking anything. Um, and and I, I, I believe that he's what he's referring to, the things that are good for the kingdom, you know, things that are, that are needful there. And there, there may be other things. I'm not trying to add or subtract there, but, uh, but not just, yeah. And, and so what I'm saying is that I, I, I received what I asked God for. So whenever you, whenever you go before the Lord in prayer, you know, asking, Lord, there are things I want for your kingdom, with the, especially with the right attitude and right spirit, the right purpose and intent, the Lord will grow us in that way, and especially if the timing is right. Uh, one of the things my wife and I did uh, here, here in the last couple of years, I, I don't exactly remember when this happened, I, I had preached a message at my home church, and I had talked about this other places, but I talked about... Uh, the, the little bitty cards that every church has. I talked about them being tools that we use. Um, and uh, one of the young men in the church bought a bunch. You know, this is my home church. And my wife and I, we carry in, in my wife's purse, there's a whole bunch of, of these from different churches. And if we're in the area uh, where a church that we're ministering and we're out in a restaurant or we're out and about or whatever, we will... One of the things we'll do, I, I'll remember sometimes, she'll remember sometimes, is we'll pull one out, we'll write a message that's sweet, 
and you know, and and we always make sure to tip well because um, we we don't want to leave a bad taste in anyone's mouth if we're at a restaurant and things like that. That's but but I, I I picked up these cards in uh, from off in the back of the church. I was like, you know what? There's a bar down the road from our from our church. And I was just feeling bold in the Holy Ghost, and I was wanting to do something. And, and, you did ask pastor. and I did ask, I did talk to my pastor before I did it, who happens to be my dad. <laughs> um, uh, so he, he gave us our gave permission, and we went down the road, and, and uh, I don't know if it was a Wednesday night or a Sunday night or, or, or what was going on. I think on. it was a Sunday night. Sunday night. But uh, the bar was full. The parking lot was full. Yeah. And so I put my little car that says apostolic acts 238 on the side of the windows pulled right into the church into the bar parking lot and i took the pamphlets out and uh, or the little cards and i uh bombed the bar with with uh, <laughs> you didn't go inside let's uh point that out you know I, yeah i didn't have the guts to go inside uh <laughs> but <lies>. but, <laughs> but uh but i started i went to every vehicle and in the window are on the dash, or not on the dash, but on the window somewhere, and all those vehicles in that bar parking lot, I put uh, a card, an invitation to New Life Pentecostal Church, knowing full well that, that you know, that a, a lot of those pe people may not ever show up, but I'm, we're I want fishing. to do, we're fishing, we're fishing. Yes. Where you don't, you're not going to catch anything if you don't throw the bait out. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I've heard, also, if you do the same thing you've always done, you get, get what you've always got. <laughs> so, uh, we were definitely trying to do something different, doing things by faith. And, and, and it was, and this is where the joy comes in. It was, uh, you know, people talk about how breaking rules is exciting and fun and there's an adrenaline rush. Well, I, I'm not all about, I'm 42 years old. I got a wife and a kid. I'm not all about the adrenaline rush of putting myself in a dangerous situation. But I will tell you that my nerves were on edge and I was having a bit of an adrenaline rush, handing out, putting these as fast as I could go. And, and while I'm doing it, I, I hear this Christian music start playing really loud. And lo and behold, my wife, who's just as nervous and perhaps scared, so to speak, as I am, has turned the car on so I can get a fast getaway, but turned it on the Christian radio station and turned the music up as loud as she well, could. Well, not the, the station I had turned I speak Jesus, <laughs> and I put it as loud as I could, and because we had our son in the back too, so as my husband said, I created a Holy Ghost bubble. There ain't no way that somebody would come up willingly like, ah, they, they weren't going to bust in the car, like, no. Plus, we had heard they were just doing, I think, a ping pong tournament, something or pool, pool tournament, something like well, that's that. That's the first I heard of it. No, I think, but anyway, okay. somebody had told us they were just doing a pool tournament. And it doesn't seem like in this area they'd get too crazy. Had we been in a different area that I know about, it'd probably been well, a little rougher. I, but I, I will say this. We were being wise. Is there, we're trying to there, there have been vehicles that wound up in the ditch yes. uh, right, right here in front of my dad's church yes. with a bar up the road. And it doesn't take a genius to put two and two together. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but you know, it was at the core. What I'm saying is, is that in a way, it was fun. Yeah. It, it was fun going and doing something a little bit faith crazy. Yes. Uh, and you know, things like that. Before my wife, um, you know, she helps create the bubble and stuff together. You know, I I provide the man part. She provides <laughs> the woman part. It's like we wind up doing things that alone, separately, we would never do. 
right. uh, but there's something about being there. The Bible talks about, you know, we inspire each other. We help each other. You know, two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. Me, Hannah, and Nathaniel, our little boy, makes three. Um, he's four. Uh, but we're, we're teaching him to pray in the altar and all those wonderful things. And he's the Holy Ghost, though, y'all. Um, but there's joy in doing this. It, it, it can be fun if, if you make it fun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we definitely prayed before we went. And oh, yeah. Hannah prayed while we were there. We prayed as we left. <laughs> right. Yes, I was praying while he was doing it. God, keep your hand of protection. And yeah, all those, all those wonderful but, things. But, you know, it brings to memory that the Bible says go in the highways and the byways. And basically the unattractive, unappealing parts, not just the doctor's offices, not just the lawyer's offices, not just. But we hit those two. Yes. Well, yes, but you we got one today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went in for a doctor visit. They got invited to church. There yes. you go. Yes. Uh, but yeah. And it was fun. It, it was. It was. It was, she it was, was fun full to of talk laughter to. and yes. it was enjoyable. Um, yeah. Go ahead and talk about, about John. I, I give this one to, to Hannah because uh, uh, when I was in Sulphur, I had a neighbor named John. Yes. And uh, I, he had been there for a while and he was friendly and I talked to him. Yeah. Uh, but whenever I got married, um, uh, go ahead, Sister Shepherd. Oh, well, we had been talking to him, and I knew something was coming up. But our, our conversations with him were getting longer and longer, and he was willing to come to a church service uh, with us because we were having some kind of play or something. But he knew we were traveling a lot during the time, so he would ask sometimes, oh, where'd y'all go this time? You know, and, um, and it, we ended up moving, so... That was one of those stories, again, we didn't see the full picture. And, and let me just encourage you with this, that we sometimes put a box on witnessing and how it should look like, what you should see, but that's not true. And my, we weren't going to talk about this, but I will. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with, I'll follow your lead. I got your back. Okay. Try not to lead us off the road. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, stop. Okay, We're so, not lemmings. So Noah, for a hundred and I think it was, well, no, a hundred years. Yeah. Though it took him a hundred years to build the ark. God told him, get ready. I'm going to pour this flood out. But you only see his family being saved. And does that make him a failure? No. No, it didn't. And how many people you think? He's a hero you know, of the faith. Yes, he's a hero in the faith. It's there. How many people you think passed by and saw him building? What is that crazy man doing? And we don't see the in-between in those hundred years of who Noah talked to and what what happened. And, you know, we don't see all of that. Or, or even, if, even if there were people that followed him for a moment right. and then fell away or, right. or, or listened or entertained or, or uh, you know, if you... If, when you read the word of God, you could almost perceive that on the other side of the flood, it may have been that Noah was dealing with depression for all those that got left behind. Right. right. You know, you could, we don't know this for sure, but he may have heard screams at the door, the <coughs> ark, you know, let me in. And it was too late. It was too late. Um, you know, Noah didn't control the door. No. The Lord, that's true. The, the Lord, Lord controlled the Lord. Yes. The Lord opened the door. The Lord shut it. Yes. Noah did his job. And, and our responsibility is to uh, do our, 
our job. Yes, uh, and to be obedient, no matter how crazy it sounds, like going to the bar and, you know, outside in the parking lot. And um, <laughs> I remember uh, we had a guest minister recently, and he said, I'm going to look like a fool, but it's for the sake of souls. And if that means doing a hallelujah night, if that means whatever it means, yeah. whatever way it looks like. That's a hallelujah night on a Halloween night, by yeah, the way. Like, yeah. yeah, that's, anyway, that's what, um, There, you know, I, as, as time has gone on, I've interacted with pastors and some of them have been, uh, you know, I, I love pastors and respect them. Sometimes they would tell me what I needed to be doing and there would be no how involved. But I did, I did run into um, pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I asked um, him about this particular thing. And, and he said, he's, and one of the things that he shared with me, he said, he said, Brother Shepherd, he said, um, when you come to church, he said, pay attention to your guests. Pay, pay very close attention to them. And he said, if during the service you observe them uh, enjoying and participating and, uh, and things of that nature, he said, one of the things that you can do is, is, is walk up to them, ask them if, the, if they enjoyed the service, find out some information about them, ask them if they would like a Bible study. Um, your church service is a pond. Yes. And uh, I begin at that particular point to pay, to play cl closer attention to, to guests that walk into the house of the Lord. And, uh, you know, I, I had a Sunday school teacher not long ago, Brother Kenny Evans, talk about how that we help each other land a fish. And uh, we've had guests that have showed up at church, and we all—it's uh, a small church, but we all take a turn at trying to connect them, at trying pour to into pour into them. We all try to. There are babies. You know, yeah. uh, there there's lots of fish that have gotten off the line because someone wasn't holding the net. Yeah. Um, so we're all, whoever put them on the line. We're all trying to put a net under that fish. You're not getting away. We're bringing you <laughs> we in. You. Uh, you know, there's, 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 uh, I, I've seen, uh, saints bring clothes for babies, bring gifts, you know, invite them out to eat, yes. uh, you know, invite them to, oh, you know, just, there's just all sorts of things and, and, and stay late after church talking to them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've never been here before, but usually we divide, we divide our church at prayer time, so to speak. The men go to one side and the women go to the other. Well, you have folks that are not used to that type of, of Southern Pentecostal altar work. And, um, and, it's, and that's pretty common in, in lots of churches. Yeah. Uh, but when you have outsiders come in, the husband and wife go to the altar and they're right beside each other, you know, praying together. And that's okay. But they wanted, the young lady had a baby. And all of our young women were over on the other side of the building. You know, and that's fine. I'm not... So I'm like, I'm Johnny on the spot. And I'm like, can I hold your baby? Because I, I knew I could see that she wanted to pray. And I've been there with Nathaniel, my little boy. So I, I picked up the baby. Yes. There, there's so many different aspects yes. to landing a fish yes. uh, and, and, and working that, that fish all the way into the net. And let's just say there's a lot that happens to a fish before it winds up on the grill. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yes. uh, Experiencing the fire of the Holy Ghost, there's a lot that goes on. Yes. Um, so, so, you know, there's, and, and you can enjoy, I enjoy holding babies. So, you know, there, that's joy and witnessing. <laughs> in, a baby, <laughs> yeah, that's joy and witnessing. Yes. Um, 
my wife and I wanted to talk about this. You know, there's I, I ran across something and it's just kind of stuck in my mind. Uh, I ran across it on Facebook. Uh, but a man or woman without purpose seeks nothing but their own pleasure. And I've kind of adjusted a little bit. That's not it word for word. Uh, fishing, bringing people in and interesting to Jesus is a, is a purpose. Yes. And uh, it, whenever you go to a church that doesn't have fish, they're not fishing or they don't, they're not actively seeking. What can happen is, in my opinion, is that we can get to the point that we start trying to fix each other. And, and, and there's, there's a point where the Lord brings us in. There's a point where he will give someone release of the spirit. And I'm not trying to talk about this too much, but I, I call it looking at our own navel yes. where the church is trying to, to, you've seen people try to pick the lint out of their belly button. It's like, you know, that lint doesn't really matter. And, and if we're not careful, we can, we can start that and it becomes destructive and, and the pews will empty out. Um, but whenever we start looking to draw people in and introduce them to Jesus, there's a healthy aspect. A healthy church uh, brings forth babies. You know, you if you if you see a man and a wife and or a man and a woman they're together, their husband and wife, um, and they've got babies somewhere. Most likely, there was something right in that relationship. Uh, there babies, there there was love. There was something there that was right. I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm just saying there was something there. And whenever you come to the house of God and there are babies on the pew, right. somewhere there was something, love. compassion, yeah. love, uh, power of the Holy that. Ghost. There was, there was something right with the relationship with the Lord. Sorry, yes. go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just going to say out of the intimacy of a relationship with God, there's that's showing there's babies being produced. But yeah. And, and when we go fishing, you know, a lot of men and women go fishing. There's, it's peaceful. Uh, they, they're able to close out work. They get away from problems and things of that nature. And uh, there's an escape that's found in the Holy Ghost. But there's also uh, something about actively pursuing your community and people and trying to win them to the Lord. We get our mind off our own issues. Uh, and, and we get them on something positive. A lot of issues will be fixed in time with the, with the Lord and with the Holy Ghost and and things of that nature, you know, that lint will come out of the belly button. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, but, you know, we, we have to have, uh, you know, me and my wife are not perfect. And we fight. <laughs> we fuss, you know. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the major things I've learned that the Holy Ghost will deal with. Oh, I, I wanted to, uh, uh, should, I, should I save this for a happy accident or should I? Go ahead and deal with it. Talking hmm, about let's the, put a cliffhanger and put that on. Oh, put a cliffhanger yeah. in there, or at least that that part. So just keep in mind, we're going to talk about something else for a happy accident. You'll have to stay tuned for that. But I did want to point out some good experiences that we did see the the full result. If that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So. Of course, I'm interested. We... <laughs> Jogged my memory. Well, this was coming to me as you were talking. When yes! We... <laughs> we, we were discussing what we wanted to discuss, and, yeah. and uh, we, we I, I don't... Oh, go to... ahead. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I want to hear. Okay, so when we lived in Tulsa, there was a young man. I won't say his name. I'm trying to okay. protect privacy and all that stuff. Um, he, we were trying to get some different... We had a college and career group, and we were trying to get some different um, subjects that they wanted or needed to be taught about. Well, this young man 
told us like, hey, I want to know more about this apostolic thing. And honestly, I was shocked because we had just moved there. We had just, and I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. And so my husband said, well, if you're willing, we could give you a Bible study. And he said, yes, please. So I made some, and I said, you know what? I'm going to cook for you. You can't say no to free food. No young man wants to say no to free food. And I was, I was excited because... You know, I've, I've invited people to church all my life. I've, I've asked them about Bible studies all my life, and I just had trouble uh, getting anybody on that particular line, hook, hook line, and sinker. Yeah, it just, yeah. I just, it it's just, just always been fast. difficulty. But here's this kid. We show up, and it's just like, boom, I want yeah. a Bible study. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, I'm hungry. Let's go. So uh, we, we set it up for him, and I just remember he was just on edge, like on the edge of his seat, just hanging on to our every word. And it wasn't long after that we had a guest minister come in. I have never seen somebody get the Holy Ghost so fast Boom. because he was ready, y'all. Like he was so hungry. And it, he was so, it was so loud. Um, I just turned around and was like, whoa, that's our, you know, that's our guy in our, our group. And tears were coming down my face. But, but here's the kicker. We were not the the only ones pouring into him. This was years of people pouring into him. And honestly, I don't know how much they did or didn't, and I'm not going to talk about all that, but he, I just know there from little tiny, I say little tiny, like just a young, young, much younger person, they had been pouring into him. And we were just, I don't know, just the cherry on top, I guess you could say. So it was not us. It was multiple people. And that's what it usually is with every single person. My mom tells me of how many people had talked to her before she ever entered into church doors. So that's one. Go ahead. Uh, there was a pastor that, that told me, he said, uh, we were talking about something entirely different. But it's applicable. He said, respect the process. Yes. And when it, when it comes to landing fish and bringing them all the way, there is a process. And a lot of times we see, and I'm coming at this from a minister's perspective, we, we see the evangelist praying somebody through to the Holy Ghost or preaching that message that just tips the, the church service over and birth is given and all that stuff. But we don't see the months, the, the days, weeks, months, and years yes. Yes. Of, of labor and, and uh, plotting and working and, and pouring into somebody and, and yeah. teaching them things and convincing them of the necessity of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Um, and, and, and we were privileged to just be right there. We were, we were one of the last people to put into him right before he received the Holy Ghost. But it is, it is a process. Yes. And, and you have to respect the process. And, and a, 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 we don't do things for uh, accolades or for attention. And sometimes we can get distracted by what seems to be certain people. Or who gets the credit. Or who, get, who gets yeah. certain people receiving credit. But at the end of the day, whenever we stand before God in judgment, everybody's, um, everybody's, what they have done and sacrifice is going to be acknowledged. And then that, that crown that we wear is going to be laid at the feet of Jesus because some plant, some water, God gives the increase. Yes. One more example that I'm thinking of, we were in Menden, Louisiana for several months. We had well, we had went for almost a month and went back again for three, four months. And there was a neighbor that this pastor and his wife had that um, they had, I mean, for years, years and years. So we're talking like 15, 20 years. 
and her husband had died. She was very lonely, and but she, I guess out of respect of her husband, I don't want to get the story wrong, but she she was so hungry for truth, but she never pursued it because she knew her husband didn't want it. So now he's passed away. She's in her 80s, and she's like, okay, I want to know more now. And um, it was just amazing to see uh, the pastor and his wife had been giving her Bible studies, I don't know, for some time at this point. And, but I, I loved what the pastor's wife did. She, uh, in fact, I, I will say their names because they're very close friends of ours, and I don't think she would mind. Sister Mills, I love you. <laughs> she, she would um, kind of put a, a, a reeler in, and she's so good with this, and they love souls. She would go and give her leftovers you know, just throughout the years of, hey, I made this, and here you go, and, you know, and um, just different things. She would just try to get it reeled in. Well, all of their investments had come to fruition, and we're talking 15, 20 years worth, and they were now being able to reap that reward, and we were just here, Johnny come lately, you know, and we just loved on this sweet elder lady, and, um, we didn't really have a part in the Bible study part, you know, just loving on her. And she comes in and uh, she wanted to be baptized like the weekend that we did a, a Christmas service. Yes, it was the best Christmas service of my life. But um, she wanted to get baptized then. And so we, uh, they asked my husband like, hey, do you want to be a part of this and help? And he said, absolutely, because they had to, uh, warm up some hot water. Like there were several people, you know, the water needed to be warm because of her age. Yeah. She was, she was elderly. And, and I will, I will say something when she showed up that day, she made a statement and, and this, this is applicable for maybe a, a little bit. And she said, I've been repenting. Yes. She'd been repenting all since the day before, just yes. everything all she could day. think of. She had repented yes. and repented and yes. just, just kept on doing it. So yes. when she hit the water, she, she was ready. Yes. She came, they baptized her, and I, I loved watching my husband because there wasn't quite enough water to completely cover. So my husband's like just cupping water in his hands and just pouring over. I was making sure everything was, everything was covered. I wanted everything under the water. And Brother Miles was smiling because he recognized what my husband was doing. He's like, good job, good job. And um, so she, she comes up out of the water, and she, her hands are lifted. And I remember she looked at my husband and started to talk, talk to him. And he, she couldn't talk in English. It was just tongues. Cause she, and she put her hand over her mouth and laughed. And I was like, no. We were like, no, keep, keep going. going. Keep going. That's the Holy Ghost. And she kept going. And um, it was just an amazing sight to see. So I want to encourage you that it doesn't matter how old or young. God, yeah. God, that is no limitation on God. I don't care if they're 100 years old. That's not a limitation. One of the things that was cool about about her and in our time at, at Minden was that she, when she would come to church after she received the Holy Ghost, everything that we would do, my wife and I, she would watch us. <laughs> yeah. And if we stood up and lifted our hands, she stood up and lifted her hands. If we got to worship, she outworshipped us a lot of times. I felt <laughs> wow because she, she she didn't know what to do, so she yeah. did what we did, and then she like took it a step forward. Yes. She was just so full of joy and just, you know, she, you could just tell there was such a love for God. And I was like, this, 
80 year old something woman is out worshiping me. I can't be out worshiped by, by an 80 year old. Uh, <laughs> but it was just know, a joy. It brought joy it, watching it, it, her. It, it makes you happy yes. knowing that you, you've made the difference in someone's life and you've, you've helped bring them. And, you know, there's, there's a verse of scripture in the Old Testament. Um, Samuel had, uh, and, and I, guess, I guess we can address this. Forgive me for, for going off a little bit off script. But uh, Samuel had, they'd come to the point where Saul, the Lord had removed his anointing from Saul. And, and Samuel, uh, it appears he, he grieved for the loss of Saul. Yes. And yes. you have to understand yes. the investment that was right. there and, and the anointing, you know. Years that, of investing, yes. And uh, the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, fill your horn with oil and go. And go. Um, you have to remember that for every fish that gets off the hook, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to, to, to put the bait back on and throw the line back out there. Yes. To mourn, yes, but don't stay in the morning. Get up, fill your cup up with oil. Fill, fill your horn with oil. Oh, fill your, well, that That's is. That's the scripture. <laughs> <laughs> fill your horn up with oil. And go. And go. And go fishing. Yes, and that oil is the Holy Ghost. You keep praying, keep refill, because when you're witnessing, you are pouring out everything. So yes. that's why it's so important to pray and to be refilled over and over and over so you can pour out. You this have is, something to pour out. This, this is what we tell our, our, our young preachers, our, or what I was told as a young preacher, and is that whenever you go to the pulpit and you pour out everything that God has poured into you for that service, and you go to the altar and you pour out more and more and more, whenever you're done... Uh, one of the things that you have to do or you need to do is you need to fill back up and quickly. Um, I got to the point as a single young man, I didn't want to go talk to anybody. I didn't want to be around anybody. (laughs) I I needed, I needed, now I've got my wife and I've got a, I've got a safety bubble. She understands what's going on. Um, but the always be full before you go fishing, make sure you're full of the Holy ghost. If not, you'll run into something that'll whoop you. (laughs) Well, and with that mind at the same time, you you won't ever feel ready. Okay, just go out and do it. And, um, And that, again, that looks different for everyone. But it could start with smiling at people at the restaurant and, hey, how's your day going? And once they see that you truly care, they'll want to listen to more. When, when we, uh, uh, I, I didn't have the experience to handle this properly, uh, but, but years, a few years ago, it, it was 2016, we were in New Mexico and there's a home missions work there. And we were knocking doors and this one particular door, uh, this woman came to the door and she, uh, she, she, she was older, remember her being tall and slim and my wife instantly connected with her and just the smile on her face and things like that. And I didn't recognize the impact that when then now I see it that my wife was having on her and she invited us in and all the safety lectures that, you know, and if you're going to go door knocking, here's the rules. Don't, don't break these rules. Don't go into homes. Don't do this. Don't do that. All that's going through my mind. And I failed to see that there was a hunger there um, for, for social interaction, if nothing else. But I, I, didn't, I didn't see that if I could go back, we would have went in and I would have sit in the corner and kept my mouth shut and let my wife you know, work on this, work on this woman and, and love up on her. Um, 
recognizing that you're having that positive impact. You know, we, we want to be aware of danger. We want to be aware of those things. But also we have to be aware of whenever the fish is there on the line, on the hook. Right. There, there are instances in fishing that you can have a fish on the hook right. and not know it. And that bobber is just sitting out there because you <laughs> missed it. Um, and, and you don't know what's going on. Uh, so whenever you go, be aware whenever you are actually positively connecting. If, if you, the, if you knock Holy on a, the, the Holy them. Ghost is dealing yeah. with somebody. If you knock on a door and there are a bunch of drug dealers in there and you got your apostolic wife and you got your, and you look clean cut and you got a Bible or a pamphlet in your hand, trust me, they're not going to let you in the door. 99% of the time <laughs> they know what's up and they're not going to, they don't, they don't want you to see well, that. Might, I mean, they might, but it's not would, likely. Yeah, but well, it's uh, kind of dangerous too. It, 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 it would, but what I'm saying is, is that we have knocked on a few doors. Yeah. I, I, I learned what marijuana smells like yeah. when I was in Tulsa. Uh, <laughs> not because I was using it, but okay, because... Yeah, okay, moving on. Uh, I, because of work and, and it became legal and, and just, I hate that smell. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I've learned to recognize when I'm around it and stuff like that or, or recognize the signs when I walk up to a house. Yes, but we still knock on that yeah. door and we still give them an invitation um, because there may come a day that they get yeah. tired of that lifestyle and they go looking right. and and we want them to come looking for somebody yes. that was sweet to them. Yes, exactly. You know, and it's like, um, you know, no matter who they are, no matter, and, and here's something else, you can't pick the fish. Um, not everybody wants a mud sucker. <laughs> okay. Uh, but... Uh, and, and not, nobody wants to get finned. And I've been finned before, and I can tell you that it hurts. Um, and you, fishermen out there would be like, well, that's your own fault. Well, that's true. But we still, we still invite, we still bait the hook, we still throw it out there. Uh, because, you know, you might, you might land it and discover that it's something very, very valuable. Yes. Uh, so to, for the kingdom. our whole point is to encourage and don't stop don't give up keep keep, keep on believing fishing. keep on fishing keep um, fishing keep fishing <laughs> and, and, I, and I will I will say this um, oh my thought slipped out of my mind uh, what we've shared happened over a long period of time um, what people don't realize whenever the preacher gets up and gets telling this story about this amazing thing that fires everybody up and all this stuff is that sometimes there was years of, of wilderness yes. and years of nothing right. until there was this great story that we can share. And, and we don't, the, one of the mistakes we make as ministries, we don't talk about that side of the things. Barrenness. The, the barrenness. The barrenness and, and, and the, the waiting season, as my yes. wife likes to, likes to say. say. Uh, the, the empty pews with nothing but saints that are getting older and older and older and older. You know, and, 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 and yourself getting older and all of those things. You're like, are they, all the opportunities gone? The Lord just many times is bringing us to a place where there can be that growth. Um, a lot of a lot of mega churches that we see, you know, started out with a handful of people. I'm like, well, yeah, but a lot of them grew over the period of sometimes 20, 30, 40, 50, and even 100 years. Um, so you have to bear that in mind that, you know, the Bible says, uh, uh, what, what does it say about be not weary in well-doing for due season you shall reap if you faint not. So keep on fishing, um, whatever happens. 
uh, get your gear, fill your horn with oil, <laughs> yeah. and let's go, go fishing! fishing.